Hey, hey. Okay, so you guys know that I've moved my platform over to Patreon, and that's patreon.com slash Jamie Glowacki. So everything is moved there. That's where I'm now housing all my parenting content. For a dollar a month, you can access all the episodes of my podcast, but no worries if you don't want to do any financial commitment at all. We'll continue to release selected episodes here on your favorite listening platform. And just so you know, I also put up free public posts and mini podcasts on that Patreon page. So all you have to do is head over to that main page, patreon.com slash Jamie Glowacki, and you can see my free public posts and mini podcasts. Head over there to check it all out. And now on to today's show. Hey, I'm Jamie Glowacki, and you are listening to Oh Crap, I Love My Toddler, But Holy Fuck. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Hey, hey, you guys. So today I am talking to Stephanie Satello. She is a friend and colleague, and she's actually my backup. So if you've gone to my website and seen that I am booked for parenting, she is my parenting coach backup, and she's amazing. So we were talking about, well, before I launch into this, hi, Stephanie. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give any other intro besides that? <laughs> I don't know. I think amazing is, is a good enough intro. <laughs> so rude. I'm like, here I am with my friend, but let's hear it. Let's start talking. <laughs> um, she also is the conscious parent coach on Instagram. If you guys want to follow, she's got some really good con- um, content there, even though she just got that up and running. But uh, we were talking as friends, right? And I was telling Stephanie about the Green Day the Green Day story, you know, that I told you guys last week um, that I still haven't recovered from. It was so great. And towards the end of the story, she said something about, you know, in that episode, you guys, I, I reiterated, I just, I kept investigating why, why did I change my mind? Why was I the yes mom in this particular instance? And Stephanie was like, well, your why, I forget what you said. Do you remember what you said, Stephanie? Your why was well, I, I felt like your why was, it was really intuitive because you were watching Pascal, the way you were describing it to me was like, you had like this time, it was like an hour or so where you were just watching him and how like you had mentioned, like he had gone to the shower and he was really sad. And I feel like you were just watching and thinking and your why at the end of the day was you realized this was one of those moments where it was really important to him, where it really mattered. and you wanted to make that happen. And then you had said that when you realized like, oh, I can just go, that it was like, well, I I feel like it was like, you were like, well, I even get to be a part of it. Like I want to make this happen. And I get to be a part of this amazing moment that looks so important to my child. Right, right, right. So, and that was cool. It was cool to have, you know, you as my friend acknowledge me and be like, oh, you're why. But then you said something else like, well, it's kind of like my why. So Stephanie has Luke, who is, how old is Luke? Five. Five and a half. Five and a half. And I think we launched into sports first, right? You were like, well, this is like my why with Luke. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So I was saying that, like, I thought it was really interesting that you were focusing on the why, because that's been something that I've been trying to do lately in parenting. And the way I had come across it was with sports, you know, we've had Luke in sports since he was a little munchkin, like two years old. But with the pandemic and everything, we've been increasing his involvement in sports. He's been doing different types of sports and a lot. 
And I was starting to feel really stressed out because I value um, a not scheduled day, a not scheduled life. And all of a sudden we were throwing all these things in there. Also, we're in a really competitive area where other people are doing the same thing, but they're doing it so their kids can, like they're literally talking about their four-year-olds becoming pro in certain sports. And so my husband and I were go Mike, we were going back and forth about it because it wasn't feeling good to me. But then Mike, in the process, Mike said, Luke, Stephanie, Luke's the social kid. And it clicked for me. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm not doing it because I want him to be pro. I'm not doing it because even like team, I'm not doing it because I want him to be a part of a team. I'm doing it because our child is really social. During the pandemic, he didn't have a lot of social. It, he wasn't doing well because of it. And you, that was, that was my why. And so once I realized that, it freed me from worrying that like, if we were having this beautiful day at home playing together, that all of a sudden I would have to get him ready and put him in the car because sports are about commitment. And I realized like, no, that can be Mike's why that can be the coach's why, but that doesn't have to be my why. My why is social. So if that day I feel like he can miss the social thing because we're having a good time, then that's okay. And it really, it's like everything clicked, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally clicked. So you guys picture this, we're talking and all of a sudden we're, we're talking on Boxer, which is like my walkie talkie app I use for everything. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Wait, say more. And so we launched into the, I don't know, we talked for like an hour, but it was hilarious because this is the values chapter in Oh Crap, I Have a Toddler in a much simpler form. And one of the things that I have struggled with when I work with families, if you've worked with me privately or even listen to my podcast, that values chapter is so important because it's really your compass to how you're going to parent, right? Like I can tell you X, Y, and Z, but your compass is something to you. And I've often said this, like one of the things is, you know, if your kid throws a matchbox car at your head, most parents are going to be upset, right? Because that was disrespectful. They might've hurt you, but I can guarantee there's at least one dad out there who is like, that pitching arm is going to get you on the Yankees. Let's go practice different value. Right? So when Stephanie started in with this, why I was like, holy shit, this is amazing because I was a baseball coach my thing with sports was commitment. You commit. Pascal was sick a couple of times. We still went to the game, right? Commitment was you show up for your teammates. That's what was interesting. You know, and I'm a single mom, so I don't have to negotiate with somebody else. But I just launched into this like, holy shit, this is everything. So we started jamming more about that. And, and even in sports, like part of sports, I know like with when I was coaching was commitment from the parents too. You know, and so like that could even look like like the mom who's committed to helping in the snack shack, right? But her kid doesn't want to play baseball and she makes the kid play baseball so she can be committed in the snack shack. It's like, well, no, maybe your kid could just play on the playground while you work the snack shack for the baseball league. You know what I mean? But then we got into some more, some more scenarios because we were like, wait a minute. I literally said, I think we, I think we unlocked the Rosetta Stone of parenting. <laughs> And one of the things I really like about this, about sports, is that you and Mike, you were able to access Mike's feelings about it very quickly. I don't think it's going to be any shock to people listening to this podcast. It's probably 95% women who listen to my podcast. 
in general, the families I work with, dads find it a little harder to access all their emotions. They find it a little harder to access those values. And so when I go to do those value exercises, a lot of times with dads, it's a bust because they're like, well, I don't know. I don't know. They feel very unsure. A lot of times moms, we tend to steamroll dads. We're like, no, 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 we're doing it this way. (laughs) And so dads have a hard time. And I thought, oh my God, like Mike accessed his why in less than a minute. He was like, absolutely not sports is commitment. Right. Yeah, no, totally. Like he, and Mike is very much like the, he's like an alpha male, doesn't, you know, not a lot of words, definitely not into emotions. And the conversation was like five different conversations that we were having. And the way, the first way it got started was Luke had mentioned, we were heading off to one of his sports events and about maybe 30 minutes before we had to leave, Luke was saying that his knee was hurting. And I was like, well, okay, well, he's fine. We can't, it's not like a scrape. You know what I mean? We can't physically see it. So I said, okay, we're not going to go today. It was a practice. It wasn't a game. And Mike says, okay, well, that's fine. But just so you know, we have to start teaching him how to push past his pain because we want him to be tough. And we want <laughs> we want him to be tough. And we want him to know that sometimes things hurt, but you can push past it. And I'm like, whoa, 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 this is not a game. He's not 16, he's five. Uh, I get your point, but no, he's going to practice so he can play with other kids and you know, be around other people that aren't us. And so that's how the conversation started getting started. But honestly, if I had said like, well, babe, what's your value? Like it sounds, and I think I even did try to say like, what's your value? <laughs> like, are you like, are you valuing toughness? And he's like, of course I'm valuing toughness. And I'm like, well, I don't value toughness, but then that's not even completely true. Cause I do value toughness. But then when he said the social thing, then I realized like, wait, wait, why do you want to do this? I want to do it so he can be social. And then he was like, well, I want to do it because sports are important about commitment, all these things. And it like, it just took this large conversation. It just synced it instantly where it was like, oh, okay, let's match him up. And then we, and then he decided like, you're right at this age, he was able to recognize, I don't think he said you're right. Cause he never says that. But <laughs> <laughs> I think he basically was like, okay, yeah, Luke's five. So maybe we can, I think what he said was like, maybe our wife for now can just be social mostly like the majority of it can be social. And that felt really good for both of us. Amazing. Cause this is a big sports. I wanted to bring up, we talked about a a couple of other scenarios that we'll go through with you guys, but I specifically wanted to talk about sports because I do think that can be such competing wise, especially between male, female, but also I just love that, like you said, it synced in and he was able to see like, oh, that is important to me, but that's a little absurd right now at Mm -hmm. five, you know, especially like, come on, Simone Biles just figured this out. Like, (laughs) and now we got like five-year-olds, but I think sometimes too, when it comes to sports and I might be edging on like Mike's side, cause I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm too competitive for my own good. And I'm actually not when the kids, like when I would coach and we'd lose a game. I'm like, guys, it's totally fine. Like, that's cool. But man, when they're on the field, they run, you need to get your five. <laughs> like, me, like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> you know? And so it's just such a good scenario for coming to your why. And, and your why is actually good. Your why may be good, but it may not be good right now. You know? Um, and yeah. I like that to me. And, I, you know, I know there's all kinds of, gender politics 
on the table right now. So I'm doing broad generalizations, but typically men and women have a really hard time with this, getting on the same page because again, accessing feelings and not getting upset. Like you could also said, Mike, don't be stupid. Of course, he's only fucking five. Like, of course we're doing this social. You did it. You know what I mean? Like, well, we have to defend our value as opposed to like, well, if we approach it with curiosity, why, why do you think it's so important? Boy, we could just come to come to that sinking so much uh, uh, faster. Well, and I, and that reminds me of something that you said that I really liked when I had told you about like the why being social, you were like, well, okay, then just so you know, like be prepared when you take Luke to like a game or something. And they're like, well, why did you, you know, someone's like, well, why did you miss last week? Um, and the other parents are like up my ass about not bringing him to a practice or not bringing him to a game. And, you know, it's something I'm working on, but I really am somebody who cares about what other people think as much as I don't want to, it, it impacts me. But I'm also somebody who has really firm, strong beliefs. And if I feel grounded in them, then I don't give a fuck what they think. It's like, no, this, well, this is what we're doing and this is why. And so when you said that, it was like, oh, but I know my why. My why is really important to me. It's that I want him to be social so I can not take that in, that pressure that they're putting on me to be like, well, he should be at a game. I could be like, well, that's why you think your son should be at a game, but why I think my son is in sports is so he can chat with other people because he needs to. And that's the most important thing for me. So it's so important. You guys take a breath and really listen to that because it gives you courage. And I know so much of our parents and all of us wavers when somebody questions what we just did. Do you know what I mean? And Uh, so literally I had a friend that kind of broke up with us at a years ago And she had misinterpreted a situation. It was about a Pokemon card. It was so stupid. But she was like, you don't let Pascal, you know, you don't let him be disappointed. You don't let him suffer at all. And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you what, that's the shit that was going through my head with the green day. The why I was like, do I need to let him suffer this disappointment? Do I need to let him suffer? Yes, he needs to be tougher. I value resilience and I am not the yes mom. But it was funny because again, I had that courage you know, it wasn't in front of anybody standing up for myself, but I was like, wait, no, that's not, that's not my why right now. My why is something else in this moment. Exactly. Even like, um, I had, I had a coach of Luke's mention to me, um, about a month ago, like out of nowhere, kind of that they felt that the way Luke spoke to me at times was disrespectful. And it like hit me out of nowhere. And again, I have a really hard time when people say things to me, I start to think, well, maybe it is, or maybe it isn't. And I talked to his preschool teacher just to double check, like, okay, is this something I'm missing? And she was like, no, Lucas actually airs on more of the side of being too polite. And we're trying to work with him on being less polite. And then I said to her, okay, well, good, because you know, sometimes I allow Luke to say things firmer or say things crankier to me because it's really important for me that he knows how to advocate for himself around adults. That if an adult is asking him to do something that he's not comfortable doing, that he he has practiced and feels firm with saying no and can say it in a way that it that he feels good about and that he can keep saying um, or that he can tell them like, stop that or do this. And knowing that why after talking to the teacher of like, oh, you're right. It, it's important. My why it's important to me that 
that yes, respect is very important. Obviously I teach him manners and everything, but advocating for himself is my biggest why, because I'm not going to be around him all the time. And I want him to be able to talk that way. And so it really helped me with talking to the coach and having the courage to say, okay, I can understand why you think he's talking to me disrespectfully, but there are times when I just allow him to say things a little bit crankier because this is where I'm going with it. And it gave me the courage to say that to her that I don't think I could have done a year ago when, when it was just about like values. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Or if you're just unsure of your why, if you haven't, if you haven't gone through some of these scenarios and really questioned your own parenting and this, you guys is where I really want you to take this in because I know you're here because you question your parenting. You want to be you're you want to be the best parent you can. That's why you're listening to this fucking podcast. That's why you've done all the reading, right? You want to be the best parent you can, but this is an awesome way to like constantly be evaluating yourself in a really easy, not time-consuming way. Why? Why do I feel this? Why am I doing this? Like for me, I've always said I could give a rat's ass about my kids swearing, largely because I swear a lot and I just think swearing is, you know, well a well-dropped F-bomb is like, that's gold. (laughs) So it just never mattered to me, you know? And so when I would catch shit from other people, again, my wife was like, it's just words. They're just words. And I I didn't feel bad about it. But so Stephanie Stephanie and I were talking and this was blowing my fucking mind because I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Because especially the sports, having been in sports, having been on that more competitive side or and being a coach, it was so... It was so great to hear her why, but then I said, well, does, can this apply to other things? And then we jumped into allowance. Yes. So we jumped into allowance because I was because I was saying that all of a sudden when we had this conversation with sports and I realized, oh my God, it's not the what, because I, because I am somebody who really questions, I want to be the best parent I can be. And there's all these things that you think about that you have to, all the what's that you think about that you have to do for your child. Like they have to be in sports. They have to have an allowance. They have to do chores. And then I try to implement all of them all at once. And I fail at some of them. And allowance was one of the ones that I kept failing on from the time Luke was two, I would try to do an allowance. And I was telling Jamie that I had this moment where, you know, I, I would keep trying. And I had this moment about six months ago where Luke and I were in a store and he wanted a toy. And, and I said, no, it was, it was more expensive than I had prepared to spend. I had said he could have a toy, but it was more expensive than I had prepared to spend. And I wasn't really sure if it was something he would actually use. So I said no. And he started to whine. I was exhausted. It was like this mid-pandemic. It was not a fun day. It was supposed to be a fun day. And it was turning into, oh my God, he's going to have a tantrum when this was just supposed to be like, let's buy a fucking tiny car, you know? And then all of a sudden... You know, you know we all know. <laughs> right? Like, like you in your head have this idea that it's going to be fun and then all of a sudden you're standing in front of the cashier. He has the fucking car. He just happened to see this other thing and then it's going to turn into something that I didn't want it to. And so at that moment, I said, okay, you know what? Fine. You want the... It was like this little retro handheld video game and Space Invaders. And I was like, fine. You want the video game? And here's what you're going to do. If you really want it, you can earn it. You can do chores to earn the video game. And he like looked at me for a second and he was like... And 
I thought he was going to call my bluff and say, never mind, I'll take the car. And he said, okay, fine, I'll earn, I'll earn it. And I said, okay, well, it's, I think it was like $22. Said, well, it's $22. That's a lot of chores. He said, no, I'll do it. So I thought, boom. It was like this like boom moment of like, okay, there's no screaming child. <laughs> we walked out of the store. I even, Luke's five. I don't think I could have done this with him when he was three. But I even was able to say, hey, you know what? If you don't buy that car, that car is $4. I'll put it towards your tab because I was going to spend $4 on the car. And he was like, perfect. So I didn't have to buy the fucking car. I didn't have to deal with a child <laughs> screaming in front of the cashier. We left, we went home and then he started doing the chores and I had like set up rules and everything with him. But all of a sudden, so anyways, he ended up, he loved it by the way. He loved the chores. He was having a blast. I was having fun. I got a clean house. We, he had this goal of finishing them all by the end of the day. I told him, and that was another thing I was like, I told him, no, I don't think you can finish it by the end of the day. Cause I was thinking, oh, I'm, I want him to have delayed gratification. I want him to, cause part of, I thought in that moment, like, well, part of why I want him to do chores is I want him to have delayed gratification. But then I realized like, no, actually today, I just really want him to get that he needs to earn it. And I also just don't want to deal with a screaming child. That was the, honestly, that was the biggest thing for me. So we, he earned, he worked for six hours. I had a clean house. It was really fun. He thought it was great because he's five. So he thinks wiping the table is amazing, right? Like that's <laughs> like super fun for him. He gets to use the Clorox wipes and then wash his hands after he thinks it's amazing. Um, all that stuff. And so I was telling you like, oh my God, Jamie, I figured out like, why I like doing allowance because it is my go-to tool. Now, if we're at a store, I can be like, Hey, okay, fine. Do you want this toy? Then you have to earn it. And it saves me from tantrums. And it also helps me figure out if he really wants it or not. Cause there are times when he's like, Oh, never mind. Okay. I don't really want it. And it can literally be when he's like, mom, I need it. Don't you understand? I need it. And then I just, it's like this magic card where I just get to say, okay, if you need it, Let's go home and do some chores. And then I can be like, oh, no, I don't need it, mom. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay, mom. But then there are times when he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it, mom. I'm going to earn the chores. So I was telling you that all of a sudden when I figured out like, oh my gosh, this is why I'm giving him an allowance. I'm going to put $5 in an envelope and I'm going to tell him you can, okay, you've got some money back home. Do you want to use your money or you can earn, you can do some chores and earn it. And that was like a game changer for me. And it made me consistent with doing the allowance and the chores now. And I'm consistent with it. So there's a couple of really amazing things in there. Number one, you <laughs> didn't have to say the dreaded mom truth. This was supposed to be a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was headed in that direction because I was like, oh my oh, God. I know you <laughs> were. <laughs> but even, you know, I'm going to title this podcast. It's not the what, it's the why. Right. So yes. like you said, so we have this list and, you know, we don't have a national database or anything, but it's like, you know, your kid should be doing chores. Your kid should do this. Your kid should do that. And so, but it's not the what, it's the why. And so the failure. Now, the great thing is Stephanie are, and I are having this conversation on Boxer, which is a walkie talkie app. So you have to go back and forth. Like you can't, you, you can't interrupt, which I'm a native East Coaster. That's like how I speak. I'm a terrible, I'm really practicing in my podcast interviews, not interrupting. And the reason I talk so fast and loud is because the fastest, louder person wins to talk more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but 
that Stephanie was telling me this story of the allowance and fireworks are going off in my head because I was like, oh my God, it, it's not the what, it's the why. But then she specifically said, I thought allowances had to be about money management, but instead for me, it's this tool that I can use and I can't wait for it to be my turn so I can tell Stephanie that she is wrong. That her why is wrong. Why should be money management? Why? Because that's what Jamie thinks. <laughs> that's Jamie's why. So guys, I hope this is as mind-blowing to you as it was to me because, I mean, it took me all of three seconds to crack up and be like, this is it. This is why we fucking judge other parents because yeah. their why is different than our why, right? Yeah. And it might even be the same what, but we're like, you know, like I said, there's the, as a coach, I know there was going to be people at baseball who were like, I can't believe your kid's missing practice. Like, yeah. he, you know, he can't play in the game. He's going to make us lose. And so, but then when you have your why, you go, oh, I'm sorry. He's five. And if he loses the t-ball game, that's okay. <laughs> you know? So yeah. um, I just thought that was the funniest part of the allowance thing, because I chose to do my why was money management like okay these poor kids how do they ever figure out if they can afford something when they don't have an income you know so I wanted him adding and subtracting like oh well I need another week or maybe I can do a specialty chore or something like that but it doesn't matter because her why is just as good as my why probably better because she didn't have a screaming kid I'm sure at some point <laughs> I had a screaming kid in the store because he didn't have enough in his account <laughs> Well, and I think you're right that it, it stops us from, it helps us not judge others. And for me, my, my big thing is it's because I'm someone who's so down on myself as a parent at times, um, which is something I'm working on is it helps me not judge myself. It helps me feel like when I have like a Jamie in my head, that's like, you know, well, you should be teaching him money management. It helps me say, actually, no, I want to use it this way. And I am okay with that. And I also like that because a why feels a little less heavy than saying this is my value. I really, I really value values for lack of a better word. I like that I know I can change it. That when he's eight, maybe my why does become money management. Maybe when yep. he's eight I, and he's less tantrumy in Target, <laughs> um, maybe it does turn into, hey, you want this bike? Let's figure out how to save for it. Here's what you get a week. And we're doing math and we're doing all that. It really gives me the freedom to say, for now, I this is why I'm doing it. But yeah, maybe down the road or even back to sports, like, yeah, when he's 10 or 11, I probably am going to say, okay, your knee's hurting, but we're still going to practice and you're, you're watching the team. You know, it lets, it gives me that flexibility that I wasn't having as a parent before when I was so focused on, well, he has to be doing allowance and chores and, and then back of my head thinking like it has to be because of money management. And that just wasn't working for me with him being two and three and five. Yeah. 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 It can, it, it seems like it can shift. You're right. Values is like a heavier. And even when we do the values exercise, when I do it in person, when I'm working with a family, it takes on this really heavy quality. Again, I don't know if you and Mike talked about the allowance, but I, I feel like it can bring in the spouse too, because he might not have the same why, but I'm sure he could appreciate Luke doing six hours worth of chores. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? He values toughness. I mean, I'm sure that would like factor in, right? Yeah. I, yeah. And I didn't bring him into it because he was uh, working from home at the time. But yeah, he did. And I think what he liked about it was he values, um, you know, he always tries to be aware of us not spoiling Luke. 
So he really liked that it was like, oh, he's working for it. He, mm-hmm. he wants this toy that we've decided we don't think is something he needs. And now he's working for it. He thought that was great. And I was yeah. like, we have a clean house and I don't have a screaming toddler. So I'm stoked. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go back to not having a screaming toddler again. Because <laughs> I don't know that we can state that enough. <laughs> well, so funny because, um, you know, I recorded, I've already recorded the, the story about Green Day. So you haven't heard it as it is on, um, on the podcast yet. But what was so funny is that was one of the things that went through my head. Pascal is, he's spoiled in the sense that I have one kid in disposable income, but he's not entitled. He doesn't, you know, he's never gotten his way. He's never tantrum for something. And I gave it to him. It's always been either working for it or something. And so I had to throw in that, like right now he's got three summer jobs and they're all really hard. Like today it's 95 degrees. We have a heat advisory. It's so humid. And he's working on a farm out in the sunshine for nine hours. So it's not like the kid doesn't have work ethic. You know what I mean? But it's funny because that had gone through my head too. It's like, there were so many, um, like trying to figure out the why, because there were all these other running thoughts in my head. No, it's true. Like even the thing about, we didn't talk about it in the boxer, but even the thing about like the respect thing, it was like going through my head of like, well, I do want him to have respect. But then I was starting to think like, no, there are plenty of times when he talks to me in a shitty tone and I'm like, change it or, or the famous, you know, try again. Try again. You know, there are plenty of times when I do that, but there are other times when it's like, no, I'm I'm cool with that tone. I'm letting it be. And so it's nice because you're right. It does kind of help you categorize all of these thoughts that are going on in your head. And it helps me access examples and bring them in so that I can um, kind of build my foundation and keep moving on and not get stuck in my own head. Well, here's a, here's another two thoughts that really quickly happened. It's also just as a side note, like when Pascal might be speaking, this sounds disrespectful, but he's advocating for himself. I'll also tell him that I'll be like, Hey, that's a bit of a disrespectful tone, but I think you're practicing on advocating for yourself. So I've noticed, but you know, you're, you're on thin ice. Um, But one of the (laughs) things that happened as you were just talking is I think guys, this really can help you sort out your voice from the other voices, because one of the problems with modern day parenting is you have too many fucking voices. And we know we go through this. I always talk about the, the gentle parenting experts and you've got too much going on in your head. And, and I've said this before, like your kid is right in front of you. Like, I don't know, biting off the chicken's head. And you're like, I don't know what to do because you've got gentle parenting in your head. Oh my God, somebody just had sent me a screenshot of a comment online where this woman was trying to get a three-year-old in bed and it was nuts. She was like, well, I tried talking really nicely to him and then he started throwing things at me. So I sat in a corner and put a sheet over my head and then he didn't like that. This kid is three. So I was like, you got too many parenting voices in your head. Yeah. <laughs> to not deal with like what's happening right in front of you. But let's talk, I want to talk about chores because I feel like that's another big one where parents are like, well, should I make them pick up in the living room? Should I make them do this? I think there's a lot of what being put out in the chore land of like, well, they should do yeah. chores. What does that mean? But also what's your why? So what were you, you were telling me about Luke and the dishes, right? Oh yeah. So, so that the dishes we were, I was saying like, now that I figured out this whole why thing, it really did feel like it, it was like this explosion in my head. And it gave me this burst of confidence that I haven't had in a long time. And to be able to just choose the what based on my why. And so there was this day where, 
you know, he had been watching TV all morning and I really, really wanted to get the dishes unloaded out of the dishwasher, but I didn't want him to help. I wanted to get it done quickly. I, I didn't want to have to like teach him in that moment about putting away dishes and where they go and how to do it properly, or even washing dishes and how to do it properly. I just wanted him to be with me and I wanted him to be off the TV. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to give him six dishes. That's not a lot of dishes. That's age appropriate. They were all plastic because I, again, I didn't want to have to worry about anything. I did not want to do instruction. I really wanted to connect with him right then. I wanted to be able to put my dishes away and connect with my kid and have him not watch TV. And so that's what we did. He washed, he was washing the dishes. And in the process of washing the dishes, there was like a quarter of a small bottle of dish soap left. And he dumped the entire thing into the sink. And I started to be like, oh my God, this is not how you do chores. I'm going to tell him not to. And then I thought, wait, nope, nope. I just want to connect with him. I'm not going to jump in. I'm going to watch and see what he does. And he didn't splash the bubbles everywhere. He didn't splash the water. He was just happily playing with the bubbles and the dishes. And I thought, oh, this is amazing. I'm connecting with Luke. He's washing six dishes and we're having a good time. And it just, it felt really nice for me instead of feeling like, oh, I have to do all these other things. I think this is such a simple way to be so self-reflective because I know this happens to all of us in a day, right? It's like, I got to get X, Y, and Z done, but I don't want help. I, this yes. can be a teaching moment for me. Yes. <laughs> and so I think those are the times that we do tend to put a kid on screen time so we can go do the thing. Or, yeah. you know, we don't use it as a connecting point. I know that there's also these times during a day that a lot of parents feel like they have to do the pickup, the toys or whatever it is, because that's what you should do. Reality is we all know we do it a lot faster, right? So yeah. there are going to be those days that you don't make your kid pick up the blocks. And then there are going to be the days, but if there are the days where they need the chore and the chore is the why, because they need to learn to pick up their things, that's when we can help. Hey, yeah. You pick up the blue box. I'll pick up the red block. So we model that behavior, right? Exactly. Um, but I think in that moment, I like that, that example because I think that's a fairly complicated example, right? It's like, I, I want to yeah. unload the dishwashers. I don't want them on TV. I want to connect to them, but I want them doing some sort of chore, but it's not about the chore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. I because there's I mean, a lot to that. Well, I wanted them with me and... Yeah. I mean, there were so many things that I wanted. I wanted him with me. I wanted to connect with him. I didn't want to play right then because I just, it was in my head that the dishes had to get done. That was just really important to me. And so it felt like a nice way to, to have him with me. And, and then when he started playing, that was kind of cool too. Cause it was like, Oh, perfect. It was like, we were doing parallel play almost. He was doing his play with the bubbles and I was happily putting the dishes away. So it, it felt really nice for both of us. Yeah, that parallel, that parallel chores. That's a, yes. that's a really great thing too. Because I think sometimes with chores, we get locked into, I said to pick up your cars and then we're hovering. Whereas really it could be like, hey, pick up your cars. I'm going to vacuum and you can vacuum or, you know, you could switch off or do something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I like that because you're right. I mean, I could have just kept hovering over him and saying like, no, you don't put that much soap in the sink. You don't need that much soap in the sink. Now wash it this way, wash it that way. But he, I mean, honestly, he really did wash the six dishes. He just did it a lot longer and in a different way than I would have um, had I been hovering. <laughs> well, and too, just, you're making me laugh because I'm like, oh, I can, oh my God, so many times in my life that I've been that mom. 
I want to be a lot more footloose and fancy free than I am. You would think I'd be a lot more. I don't know. I'm, I'm a hoverer. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's too much soap. No, 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 no. You're not rinsing it. And then, but I'm, you know, just like everybody else, I'm on my own journey and I'm finding that I can be self-respect, um, introspective in the moment too and, yeah. and change it. Like just because I can catch myself doesn't mean I have to stay on that track. Yeah. And I think that's where I, I don't mean to like stick on it, but I think that's really where helping myself figure out why I'm doing it that day. It doesn't have to be something bigger or overarching. It could just be like the chores for right then. That day, I, right? It doesn't have to be day. a value that sticks with you for the next year. Exactly. This moment now. And then maybe doing dishes next time, the, the why might be, hey, now we got to actually learn how to do dishes. Last exactly. time we used a little too much soap. We're going to taste that on our food. So let's be more careful. That kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, I think that's what was great about it was it felt like, okay, I, I don't have, cause I do lean toward that way too. Of like, oh my God, you're using too much soap. And then, and then I go into like, oh my God, he's using too much soap, but now he's not valuing the cost of soap. And and now I've got a lecture about, <laughs> about you know, they cost $2 for that soap and that $2 could have spent on this or that. Um, and then if I had done that, I would have ruined the whole point. He would have gotten disinterested with the dishes or I would have been so focused on helping him do the dishes helping in quotes, telling him how to do the dishes, right. that, that I wouldn't have gotten my dishes done, which is all right. I really wanted to do. Which is what I wanted in the end. Right? <laughs> yes, I wanted a happy, connected moment and I wanted my dishes done. Oh my God, that's so funny. That reminds me of the part in my book where, um, so Pascal's preschool, they were so awesome. They were like Montessori Waldorf, but not really either of those particular. And they were super into tape and it's the three fingers manipulating tape or the three fingers for writing. And they were like, Oh, I said something to the teacher. Like, yeah, well he would tape all day if I let him. And she just looked at me and she was like, well, let him. And I was like, it's tape though. Like, do you know how much tape costs? And she was like, not as much as the toys he has. Like, go nuts and she looked at me like I was totally crazy she was like buy a case buy a whole case of tape and I was like oh right like I was being so weird about being stingy with the tape when this is the muscles that is going to give him the great penmanship that he has now and here I am being a bitch about a dollar 89 scotch tape because you're wasting the tape it's like the band-aids too like we go nuts over like you can't waste a band-aid. Who the fuck cares? They say they've got a boo-boo. Put a fucking band-aid on it. Like, <laughs> well, it's funny because when he was, when Luke was little, one of the things that he loved was playing with the water in the sink, like having it run, not at full blast, you know, like at a, at a steady stream and playing with it. And Mike would come in and be like, you know, water costs money. And I'd be like, yeah, so do museums and anything else that I would be doing with him right now. And I guarantee you, it would cost him a lot more than the water that's dripping down the sink. Like, let him play. He's having a blast. He's learning. We're not doing anything. It was like free play. I could literally sit on the toilet and watch him play for hours. Like, I kid you not, most of the time he'd play for an hour and a half. That was his average at 18 months. Like, that is golden to just be able to sit in one spot with an 18-month-year-old and like... It'd be calm. And yeah, it was so funny because it was like, no, 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 babe. No, 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 no. I'll pay. Like, I'll, I'll work if we have to for the extra water. <laughs> I'll pay the water bill. <laughs> yes, I'll pay the water bill. Just don't oh bitch about it, please. I love it. I love it. 
All right, you guys. I, so again, I hope this is like blowing your mind as much as it has blown ours. I think I'm actually going to submit this podcast to my agent for another book because I think it's so important. And I think we could, we could parlay this into every area, really. It's so, it's so important. But mostly, you know, Stephanie and I were talking and I was like, holy fuck, I, I fucked it up, man, with other clients. Is like, I feel like this is such an important way to work. And I feel like a lot of times, and I know you guys, I know a lot of you like me and just want my opinion. You know, you, you hear stories about Pascal, you think I'm doing a good job, you just want my opinion. But I do worry sometimes, and like I said this in the Green Day episode too, is that sometimes we're so focused on the script or how it needs to be done or, or the what, and we don't look at the why. And I said, I really want to work more with my clients now on the why, because I do think it's so important to have this framework because you don't want to just take somebody's lens. Do you know what I mean? I, and that's how I think of it. Yeah. It's almost like a, a, a frame with a lens. And if you are constantly listening to other people's whys and not examining your own, that's where you get lost. And that's where you feel on shaky ground. And that's where things don't work. So Stephanie, tell yeah. the example of the, you were coaching a mama with a baby. Oh yeah. Well, and you had real quick, you had said something earlier too, about like how we have all these voices in our head and all the voices of others that are telling us how to do it. And I feel like that as a parent coach too, I don't want to be another voice that's telling somebody how to do something that doesn't fit well for them. I mean, right. I, have so, I have so many times when I say, well, yeah, this is the way I would do it, but you need to tell me if you don't think that that would work for you and your family, because if it's not going to work or feel authentic, like, please don't do it. But I don't always say that. I don't always catch myself. And this one with the parent, I didn't catch myself. And I, I felt bad about it because what had happened was she had a, I think it was a two-year-old and she was wanting him to basically like to not wiggle around so much when she was trying to put his clothes on. And I was like, well, you need to use a firm voice. And I talked to her about like what the firm voice was and how it sounded and all those things. But it, she sent me a video, which is always so helpful when you see the person actually implementing what you're telling them. And it looked, it looked so uncomfortable for her. It, it didn't look right. And it didn't look uncomfortable because she wasn't used to using a firm voice. It just looked like that's not what she wanted. That's not how she wanted to sound with her son right before bed. She didn't want to sound firm. Um, and so then all of a sudden I realized like, oh, you just want to connect with him. Like, yeah, you don't want to wiggle. You don't want him to wiggle around, but it's really important for you to connect with him before bed. And so that's how we were able to talk about like, oh, then be playful. Because she was a naturally playful mom and she just felt like maybe she should be firmer. And so she was asking me and I'm like, yeah, you should be firmer. But really, no, she she needed to be more playful. And once she owned that of what she wanted and owned her ability to play, he did start to, I mean, you know, start to cooperate after a while. But he did start to cooperate and she had a blast. Yeah, I think that's so important too. Because I, I def a lot of times in modern parenting, what I'm finding is there's just way too much of that gentle parenting. That is way too much of that. You know, of course you want to use a playful tone. Of course you want to, like I've said in multiple episodes, like it would be great if like the first time your kid hit and you say, no, 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 we don't hit. 
right. and they stopped hitting. You know, right. and of course there's some repetition, but you know, and I, I largely get a lot of people who, um, you know, really tried hard to go that gentle parenting route and they're like, but now I've kind of got a nightmare going on, you know? Right. So I think it is really important to honor your voice, but also be careful, you guys, don't take Stephanie's story and be like, see, I knew I couldn't be firm because I do, yeah. I have to work with people on like a firm voice too because they just don't know it. But right. it's also like, is it working? You know what I mean? So you well, may th- have to adjust. Exactly. No, sorry. It just made me think of, um, sorry, I'm a big interrupter too. I'm not from the East Coast, but my brain thinks really fast and sometimes the words just come out of my mouth. Um, but I w- it made me think of with this same person, when she was doing potty training, when she was doing toilet training, actually, she was trying that more playful approach of like, well, no, you have to sit on the toilet or let's, you know, all the games that they tell you in gentle parenting. And none of that was working. And she wasn't wanting to connect with her son while he was sitting on the toilet. She needed him to follow directions. So that was like, no, you have to use a firmer voice. You have to say, get your tush on the toilet now, sit down now, stay, don't get off the toilet, stay. You know, right. and so we, so we talked about that, that like, okay, this is where you need that firm voice. I agree with you a hundred percent. It's, it's not necessarily like, oh, she needed to use a playful approach. It was just for bedtime for her, that firm stuff wasn't working. It wasn't feeling good for her. The um, why was connection. The why was connection. Yes. So toilet training, the why was you need to follow directions. Exactly. So, and that's a really good barometer. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She had two different whys. And that's why I like it because you can use it all day long of like, why are we doing this? Well, she's doing it to get him to follow directions. Okay. If you're getting him to follow directions, then you need a firm voice that the what is just so much based on the why. And once I, once I figured that out, it's so helpful. It's kind of re-blowing my mind again, (laughs) because I'm just like instantly thinking of so many questions here on Patreon. I'm thinking of so many, um, so many questions that people write in like DMs on Instagram and things where, you know, it's like, I can't give you, and I try to tell you guys that, but I feel like this is such a better way to say it. I can't give you a script every time. You're not going to be the firm mom every time. And I think going back again to the green day, I'm not going to be the yes mom all the time, but knowing my why and being the yes mom then was key. Right. So yeah. And if you come down to like, and I get parents all the time, they're like, look, I don't discipline. I'm a gentle parent, but I need him to follow directions. And so I feel like there's a better weave in here. Like, when do you need him to follow directions? Because that's when you keep the boundary and the firm voice. When do you want that connection, that playfulness? When do you have it in you to not be the hard ass? You know, and I say that too, like, Sometimes you got to put the kid in front of a screen because you don't have it in you. And that's okay too. Like where the why, um, it's everything. I think it's just re-blowing my mind all over again. (laughs) No, It it totally is because I get a lot of, I don't know if you get a lot of bedtime stuff, but especially right now with the pandemic, I feel like that's like a main running issue is like the kid will not go to bed. The kid will not stay in bed. The kid will not go to sleep. It's like, you know, I've got parents with kids that are awake until like 11 o'clock at night. And it's really hard if I get focused on the what, because I can tell you what I do for my son to get him to go to bed. I can tell you what my friends do for their kids to get them to go to bed. But that's such a complicated thing. I think personally sleep for everybody that I really had to start saying like, 
I can't tell you what to do. You've got to tell me what you want. Like, do you just like, do you want to be firm with him and make him stay in bed? Are you cool with like shutting the door and holding it while he screams on the other end? Like, what are, what do you want? Do you want, like, have you not seen him all day and you want to be connected and snuggle him to sleep? You know what I mean? Like they're, they're so, and it goes back to what we were saying about being a coach and feeling like, you know, I don't want to fuck this up that I'm, I'm telling you like, shut the door and hold it firm. And the poor parent is like dying inside because they haven't seen their child in seven hours because they've been working and they would just rather snuggle them to sleep and then go get shit done. You know, um, that, that was, has been a big thing for me to really think about. Yeah, no, the, I get a lot of, there's like a lot of co-sleeping, that kind of stuff. And like, again, and that is a place where I've always kind of come from the why, because I always say like, look, if you really want your kid in bed with you snuggling, don't try to be the other mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've got to yeah. like co-sleep and figure it out next year, you know, change your, change your why next year. But, but there's a, there's, um, it, you know, one of the buzzwords is authenticity and you yes. want to be the most authentic because I think the biggest thing with our kids, especially toddlers, they know, man, they know when you're being weak. They know when there's a chink in your armor and that chink is often because you are not being authentic. So you don't have that confidence in the choices you make. When you have that confidence and that courage, I think that's when the kids really listen to the boundaries. So it's it's so worth like, no, no, no. It's just, I, and I'm kind of latching onto this idea as I'm talking. It's so important that you figure these out because if you're trying to do my way and my way isn't resonating, you know? And you have to examine, you have to examine yourself. Like, are you just, are you the kind of parent who's just not used to being a hard ass? So being firm feels uncomfortable. In that case, we have to work on it separately. But if it's, if it's bedtime and the kid wants to connect, you know what I mean? Well, it reminds me of how you always say like, pick your health to die on. And then if you're going to cave, cave first. Cave early, yep. Cave early. That's what it is. Cave early. And I feel like bedtime is one of those things where if you're not being authentic with what you actually want, I feel like that is the scenario where parents are at least the ones that I'm dealing with are constantly over and over again, starting with what they should do in quotes, and then ending up doing what they want two hours later when everybody's in <laughs> right. There's no use having a tantrum and holding the door on your kid if you know they're going to end up in your bed by 11 o'clock. Like just cave early, just get them in bed. Yeah, exactly. Cave early, be a snuggler or even opposite. Like there's no use, like, because there are some moms who, who are trying to snuggle because of, you know, the gentle parenting approach and they want to be this like snuggly, warm, soft mom. And then 30 minutes into it, they're screaming their heads off, like, stop wiggling, stop kicking, just go to bed, you know? And it's like, wait, I don't think that's really what you want. I don't think you want to lie in the dark and snuggle your kid. I think you want him to lie by himself and you want him to go to sleep. So then you do need to be firmer. You have to be okay with saying, go to bed now, stay in your bed, you know, or, or like, yeah. I love you, do not come out. You know, there's all t- kinds of approaches, the, t- the one ticket, all those things that, it's figuring that out. It's like, okay, don't lay in. It's the opposite. I think really applies to don't lay in bed with your kid for an hour. If you're going to end up screaming your head off and then going outside and shutting the door and being like, go to bed. Either way you're up until 11 o'clock, everyone's exhausted and everyone hates bedtime. Right. 
Or you don't fall asleep in your kid's bed and you wake up at midnight disoriented. You have a midnight snack and you just started yourself on a whole bad run for tomorrow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All because guys, you like, especially with sleep, like I do think what's really important because throughout this whole episode, we've been saying the great thing about this why is it can change. But one thing we really need to put on the table, particularly with toddlers, the under five crowd especially, is your why can certainly change, but it can't change daily. So like, because you'll get fucked, especially with sleep. And I always yeah. say, this, I do not know why you could put six months into sleep training and one night of the kids sleeping in your bed and you've just exploded the whole six months. <laughs> so, you know, you can't, it can't be based on your needs all the time. So like with sleep, if, if your why is good sleep, but also connection, you have to figure those in. So it can't be like, well, tonight I want connection into snuggle, but tomorrow night I really need a good night's sleep. Like it's Agreed. not going to work out that way. No, or at least recognize, I remember really early on when I was starting the coaching, that was one of the first things that someone brought to me was like, they, they wanted their kid to sleep and they were considering doing the sleep clock. And I had asked you like, well, what do you think about the sleep clock and all that? And you had said something that really stuck with me is like, okay, whatever you do, you have to be consistent with it. And you have to recognize that if you change from that consistency, it fucks everything up and then you have to start over. But I think that that even that's important. And again, with sleep, I agree with you. I'm pretty firm on that. Like you don't want to flip flop every day. But even then I feel like that for me, that's like a conscious choice of like, okay, your kid has a, let's say your kid has a really bad nightmare or your kid has a really bad fever and you decide, okay, I'm going to put them in my bed. For me, that's, again, that's kind of recognizing like, okay, I'm putting them in my bed because I feel like this is important now, but I am recognizing that this is going to fuck everything up. And my overarching why is I want my kids to go to bed and I want bedtime to be okay. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. what it is. It's going back to even with bed, it gets so slippery because there are so many approaches. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that there is, just like we said with the chores, the what is the same. Like everybody wants their kids to have a good night's sleep. Yes. So make sure that that the the good night sleep and the why how how you get there is might be different. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, but if exactly. you keep that overarching why, it will lead you in a better direction. <laughs> right, because you're right. The what is the same. The what isn't sleep. It's having a good night's sleep. Same thing with chores. Like the what is chores. I want Luke to do chores. We're, and I he was not doing chores because I didn't have a clear why. And right. I was being I was being inconsistent with it. Sometimes I would be like, it's family cleaning day. We're all doing chores. And then, yeah, yeah. you know, like every Saturday we're doing chores and then a Saturday comes and I completely forget about chores, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or with money management, like you were going, I oh yeah, I had told you, like with money management, I was trying to teach him um I had done like three jars, like spend, save, give, and I had taken him to Target when he was three. With his give jar and he was supposed to choose a, something for his dad for his birthday and all he wanted to do was spend his money on a toy for himself and i'm like yelling at him in the store of like no we saved this money to give we did not save it to buy and he did have that huge blow-up tantrum in target where i'm pushing him out of the store and he's screaming and everyone's looking at us and i'm saying over and over again well you should know that i told you that you have to give you have to buy <laughs> buy for your dad not for you and now we're leaving uh-huh. target <laughs> The poor baby, just like not even getting any of it. That's a good example, though, of like (laughs) doing the wrong why just doesn't, it's not great. And even on that note, even if you don't like, let me just tell you a quick story that's not anything to do with the why, but I didn't do the three jars with Pascal. And I didn't, I thought he was just too young to understand like a 
a charity, you know, like just kind of randomly. I mean, we would help in soup kitchens and all that. But with his money, I thought he was a little too young. And then um, I forget what hurricane, it hit Staten Island in New York. And my friend lived on Staten Island and like many, many houses were completely destroyed. Maybe Hurricane Sandy. And come Christmas time, there were like several people without a house. And, and so they were asking like, if you could adopt a family for Christmas. So I was like, oh buddy, we got to adopt a family for Christmas. And he was like, they don't have a house for Christmas? What are they going to do for a treat? He wanted to give his entire savings. Like he was like, give it all. And I was like, then we had to have the talk about, well, sometimes, you know, if you are poor, you can't help anybody else in need. So maybe we don't want to give away all your money, but it was a really cool, like, just by way of thinking, if you guys feel like you need to force charitable work, like, don't worry about it. There'll be an opportunity to come up where your child will have all the empathy in the world and want to give everything they own to a particular charity. No, it's so, it's so true because last year, um, when in California, when the restaurant started opening again, um, our server was talking about how she hadn't had work for so long and how she was just happy to be working again was what she kept saying. Like, I'm so glad customers are coming to eat. I'm happy to be working again. And that really stuck with Luke. And he had 10, I just happened to have his wallet with us that day and he had $10 in his wallet. No, oh my God, no, it was $20. He had $20 in his wallet and he wanted to give it to her. And he gave her the, he gave her the $20 as a tip. Um, it was really important to him. And so, yeah, it's like, okay, I wish I could have told that screaming mom in Target the screaming mom being me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to push the give. You don't have to push the give, John. You don't have to push the kid to buy a birthday present for his dad at three years old. Nobody yeah. gives a shit what he buys. Like He will be a giving child. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, you guys. I think we're going to, and it seems like it's, um, I think we've gone close to an hour. So we'll wrap this up. But I do want to say a couple of things. Number one, Stephanie and I talked about this as well. Like we all feel like we've got to be perfect. And the perfect, I think, is set up. You see the what on Instagram. You see the what on Facebook. You see the what out in the world. But the why is so important because it helps you stay grounded and centered in your, your way, whatever it is, your value system, yeah? Without the heaviness of that, that word value. So I just, I hope that you guys realize too, like we we had a couple of instances in here where it's not working. So if something's not working, maybe that's a really good place to start as like a hotspot of like, all right, why am I doing this? Why am I insisting on this? Why do I have a screaming kid in toddler? I mean, I'm in target who won't give money to his fucking father for his birthday. <laughs> why? Like if you, you dig a little deeper, I think that would be a really good place to start working with this framework, you know, because yeah, it's to figure out the age appropriateness too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, I want to leave you guys with that. Stephanie, do you have any closing thoughts or where people can get in touch with you? Um, yeah, so if you are interested in doing parent coaching or just want to see my thoughts, um, you can go to my Instagram, which is Conscious Parent Coach. And my website is stephaniesatello.com. And um, yeah, this, thank you, Jamie, for having me. This was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. This is just, I, I even contacted a few people. I was like, I had to run this idea by you. It, it's the, not the what, it's the why. And everybody was so excited because they were like, yes. It is what I love about it is that it does make you feel authentic in who you are. And that, and that, that just feels so good because 
do you feel sometimes do you feel like you're losing yourself as a mom? You're losing yourself as a person. And when you can figure out your whys, do you feel like I for me, I felt like I found myself again. Like here I am as Stephanie the mom who has these whys and I'm so happy to be using them and to be there. This is me. This is who I am. You know, and really quick, I wanted to bring up a story because we were talking about like trying to be that gentle parent or that other parent that you think you should be. And I remember uh, breastfeeding and my um, breastfeeding got really challenging. I had to go back to work and I was working overnight. So it got challenging around five months, but I was adding an avocado and things like that. And, and then I asked my midwife, I had a home birth midwife and I said, you know, what do you, when do you stop breastfeeding? And she was like, when you want your body back. And I was like, oh, and she was like, if that's at five months, it's okay. And she's a big hippy dippy midwife, you know? Uh-huh. But she was like, if it's two years, she said, but don't hang in there. Don't breastfeed resentfully. And I was like, oh, all right. And so I borrowed her why. <laughs> but I guess yeah. there was a day that I was like, oh, I'm done. Like, I, I would like my body back and you're as nourished as I can give you at this point in time. And, and so I just think that's a really powerful example because we're told you must, you must, you must, you must. And it doesn't factor in everybody's different scenarios, single mom, working full time, you know, those kinds of things. So anyway, on that well, note, you guys, go ahead. Stephanie, some more too. We're not done. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say like, what, what I love about what you just said is that again, I feel like it's like all these, like all of a sudden you become a parent and there's all these what's like you are like a what, like you're supposed to breastfeed, right? Like everyone says that you're supposed to breastfeed, you're supposed to breastfeed. And it feels like those are all the outside voices. And so all of a sudden you lose who you are because you're trying to grab all these what's and you're trying to put them into who you are. And then, I mean, I really had so many moments when Luke was a toddler where I would look at myself in the mirror and be like, where am I? Who, who am I in all of this? I'm trying so hard to do all these things. And where, where's Stephanie in the midst? And figuring out my why is really where that's my own inner voice coming in and grabbing onto the what's for the, for the reasons that feel authentic to who I am as a and person. That's, that's the problem with modern day parenting. Like legit, my mother's why was because I said so. And yeah. she did not think one more second <laughs> after that. Stop crying before I give you something to cry about. That was her why. Like, <laughs> like it was so old school. But she also wasn't laying awake in any sort of parenting angst because she was like, get in bed because I said so. Well, because she didn't have the philosophy. She didn't have no. people training have, in. Exactly. She didn't have the whole world telling her how she should be a parent. She didn't. She wasn't able to grab a phone and Google like nine ways to make my kid follow what I'm saying. You know? <laughs> right? Yeah. Ugh. All right, you guys, as always, I love your feedback. I, I hope you have uh, questions or clarifications that you need from this episode uh, or just feedback. We'd love to hear it. And I, as always, I appreciate your patronage and all the feedback you guys give me. Rock on. Follow Stephanie. She's on my website as well. StephanieSotello.com. Conscious Parent Coach on Instagram. And rock on, you guys. Bye, Stephanie. Bye. All right. I'm going to sign off for today. You can always go to jamieglowacki.com for the super cool latest updates, including the launch of my new book, yummy new book presale treats, when we release new episodes, and how to work with me directly. And of course, if you need any potty training help, there's a handy link there that will take you to all my potty training resources, including all my courses. That's the Oh Crap Potty Training online course, 
my pooping solutions course, and my night training supplement. And if you need additional help, how to book with a certified OCRAP consultant. That's all at jamieglowacki.com. Have a beautiful day and rock on.